Good people and fellow students, welcome to the sixth episode of All That Yaz, a space for performance, craft, and showbiz, when news and reviews will be flowing from music, film, content, and all that yaz. Now, I was gone for one week. One week and just so much has happened. I feel I feel overwhelmed um, in terms of just the pure amount of releases and like major releases that have that have come out and come through. So within this episode, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna be speaking about more than just about a dozen uh, of things. And so to be able to get within that, I am going to be speaking very briefly about some so I can have the pure space to get into others. And then on Thursday, we'll be releasing our interview episode. And this is an episode with special guests, Real Recognize Real, which is a podcast on YouTube on the channel Kwanawe Live. It is a podcast done by Kwanawe Live and Ayanda Being, who are both um, cultural commentators. And the conversation that we have, it's one that we're exploring um, more of a speculative conversation is about superstars versus celebrity does ubiquity exist within South Africa within the South African media system and just our ecosystem and do we give it's just exploring the concept of celebrity and why it feels quite elusive in terms of looking at the people who are superstars megastars but don't really necessarily feel like they get the flowers or the attention that they deserve or one would expect about that entire ecosystem so if that's a conversation you're interested in definitely check on that that will be out on thursday but for now let's get into the news and releases of the last two weeks and we've got quite a bit to get into from television series like mobile to releases from the likes of joda horsey burning forest boy muzi casper Nioves, mash beats and taco soul netflix pretty ugly there's a lot for us to get into both from a television perspective and as well as from a music perspective so sit back relax because we're going on a ride of the burning the sour and ugly the wicked the sweet and the bubbly there's just so much art to get on please join me as we go through all that jazz and all that yes And we are on the radar. So this is a segment where we talk about upcoming or recently released projects in the in the world of film, content, television, etc., etc., as well as music. And we're just gonna get straight into it with our film and television, and of which this week is solely Mzandi Magic, just so that you know, uh, as well as Showmax is an upcoming crime drama series by the name of Devil's Dope, which is going to be coming out at the end of this month, which just looks like it's going to be gory. For all of you who like true crime, Devil's Dope is definitely looks like something to look out for. But this week, um, specifically last week Sunday and last week Monday, Mzandi Magic released their new dramas for the quarter, 13 episodes with Kobile and album mama and that's what we're going to get into this week starting with probile which is mzanti magic's monday night drama using mzanti magic's own words this is a drama series depicting a woman's quest to rise above marital abuse and begin to live fearlessly 
So I watched the first episode and this is definitely a show which leans on the melodramatic, which isn't always my cup of tea. However, they do have two strong leads who are really capable of navigating it and selling it well. That being Kobile Kumalo, who stars as the titular Kobile, as well as Kahiso Modupe, who's playing her husband, Simo. Now, these two really carried the first episode on their backs with Kahiso having to do a great brunt of the melodramatic work as his character very much his character makeup is built that way so i don't see him kind of pulling back with um Robile being the more uh, being a softer foil but the way these two navigated because their arc is a marital abuse the way these two navigated and built towards the final scene of the first episode was really a highlight for me or something really the commitment of that final scene is really what sold me on the show and is what's making me look forward to seeing the rest of the series from the direction to the writing and the acting that final scene was able was a heart-wrenching scene that was able to really bring you into abuse within relationships without being visually visceral so there feels like there's an element of care also specifically with the time zone that it's in um yeah so the show is definitely a show that looks like it's going to be exploring marital abuse gaslighting women in specific workplaces and yeah i'm sold thus far because there's so much potential here there's a lot of photograph from the middle class setting to the boardrooms to the character dynamic dynamics this has promise of being a great mzandi magic show and i'm really yeah from the first episode i'm happy and i'm i'm here to kind of stick for the show the second show which we're going to be talking about is abu mama season two i have not watched the first episode but i was a fan of the first season and abu mama is a show that follows these group of church women who unwittingly find themselves in the world of organized crime so mistakes spirals that leads them to drama robbery deceit and so much more the first season really ranked for me among Zandi Magic's most entertaining dramas because they've managed a good way of putting elements of humor in it with also breakout roles from the likes of Unati Guma and Kanyin Bao whose character has now been replaced but yeah all in all I'm, I am excited to watch the second season and if the premise which I've given you something which is of interest to you definitely check that out and that is what is on the radar specifically on the film and television side now moving on to music now there is so much to get into music because in the last two weeks so much great and enjoyable music has come out like it's just been hits on hits on hits on hits and we're going to get be getting into it so first of all we're going to be starting off with the singles which i'm going to give very brief descriptions of as well as upcoming ones so i have more time to get into the albums and yeah so on the list this week we had the likes of burning forest boy apollo the mortal muzi benny afro max joda horsey casper Newvest, and malachi so and we're going to be starting off actually with burning forest boy now burning forest boy is this very enigmatic alternative act who has very grungy elements and very trap elements all mashed up into one this man released one of my favorite projects of last year by the name of cicada and he has come back for next he currently has mine and i really would like him for it to return it because sometimes i sleep on the floor as a banger um he actually released it with a music video and it kind of sticks within his sound the entire concept is sometimes he slips on the floor so that he doesn't have to sleep on the bed alone so it's a very simple concept it's very beautiful it's very heartbreaking and yeah i really really enjoyed that he's really consistently staying one of my favorite artists the next artist we have on the list 
is Apollo the Mortal, who is a Praetorian rapper, trap rapper, who's just released a song by the name of Perk featuring Cairo Clarendon. It's a song where he basically takes drugs and goes out and lives his best life. It's a very, very catchy song. I think it's his most catchy chorus. He seems to be getting... He's still in development with each song that he kind of releases. He's getting closer to giving us an undeniable banger, and I think this one has a lot of great elements for that. It makes me want to go out of the club. So if you're looking for some trap clap banger esque within that zone, check out Apollo the Model. He's a growing Praetorian rapper. And then we now have Muzi, who's released his latest single by the name of Fool's Love featuring Black Rose, and this song feels like summer road trip music. This is really a song which, if I was ever going on a road trip, this song is definitely kicking off the playlist it's got that feel good energy but it's drenched in yearning muzi is going through it in this song he's lonely he's looking for this it's called fool's love because he's he's lonely and he's you know he's he's, he's out looking for fun he's out looking for that love that he misses and he just sells the concept really really well it feels good it's amazing it's probably going to be one of my favorite pop songs for the near future and our next artist is afro pop star benny afro who's just released the lead single for his upcoming ep by the name of yours truly the name of the song is ngue ngue is a love song which samples one of my favorite early 2000s quieter songs you know the um the zola and if go the um the Zola and Nati songs on Owami, so it samples that and it's just yeah, it's a light Afro pop song. If you like Afro pop or if you've listened to Benny Afro who go who ranges from hip hop to pop to R and B to Afro pop. It's light, so if that interests you, you can go def definitely check that out. And then releasing by the time this is this comes out, because it's meant to come out on Sunday, Max, who is a female woman R and B singer, women R&B Hip Hop is releasing an upcoming EP and Max is very much a confessional type of artist. I, person I personally like her a little bit more and she's delicate so I'm really in intrigued to kind of see what sound she comes up with because with each release she kind of goes from like savage to confessional. She, she shows us different parts of her range so I'm very intrigued to see what part of the range she's going to be bringing with her upcoming EP and those are the current singles which I'm going to be talking about um, for now and then moving on to the current albums we have three major ones from Jodo Horsi, Casper Neuvest and Malachi and we're going to be kicking things off with Jodo Horsi who has released her debut EP Sour Milk now one of the things I've really enjoyed about Jodo Horsi as an artist is how well positioned her lyrics have been to her age and sensibility she feels like the kind of artist who will grow up with a fan base by the content she chooses to release Sour, now Sour Milk is a solid pop R&B effort that really soaks itself and young adult angst you can tell that this is coming from the state of an 18 year old because Jodo Horsi is a young woman scorned and has made a record that reflects that she holds no punches is extremely aware self-aware of the emotions she's harboring to a point where she's reveling in it to use her title and the cover art as reference she's bathed in sour milk and looks quite comfortable being there so with that said I find this to be a record that I appreciate I appreciate it for what it is more than I personally enjoy it. For a solid chunk of it, I don't feel like the, I'm the intended audience for it because frankly I'm not and that's fine. It doesn't mean that it's not a good um, good project. Now with that said, I do think there is a lot going for this project and there are some definite highlights which I really enjoyed including the production of Sour Milk, the song. I like the club and beef feel of it. I also really like the conversational tone in which she approaches songs like Energy. It's very easy to see a lot of people using this song as a kiss of anthem that they're singing 
being picturing the X, but for me, the piece, the piece, the resistance, where vocals, chorus, and production all culminate in something that I really enjoy and something which I want to see in a live setting is How Dare You. The title really says it all. Jodie is here to ask her lover, how dare you make me love you when your heart was never there? It's a lyric that cuts generationally and Hossi milks it for all it's worth, giving us range with those dark lows in her register, providing idle-worthy belting that I'm really going to butcher in the shower. Like, how dare you make me love you? Look, I see crowds singing along as they've got their lighters up it's really got that feel in terms of the emotion that it sells it really captures it well all in all i do think that it's a solid effort in terms of showing us who joda horsey currently is and yeah i'm intrigued to see how she evolves as she matures and gives us different shades of her personality but if you want to wallow in your heartbreak sour milk feels like an angsty companion to have and to kind of take that with you especially if you want to wallow in that angst so yeah that their sour milk and then our next album up is sweet and short too by casper Vest. and it's despite it being called sweet and short it's not sweet and short it's 10 tracks which come in at just over an hour but this is the yano so you can kind of anticipate that and i really enjoyed this album um despite it not being sweet and short i'm just joking um it's packed with a lot of radio friendly and danceable tunes casper Nuvest has always really been a very charismatic and engaging entertainer and this this album kind of allows him to show a lot of those different colors as he does so well and it's very easy to kind of see him kill a lot of this music as he performs on stage because he's a killer performer um in terms of songs which i really connected with i think by far my favorite is hotza which is the lead uh not the lead song but the song which starts the album purely because of the sentimentality of it um the sentimentality of it and how he just kind of you can feel that this is a love song to his son and also apparently um according to Something he stated, Hotso is now, because Hotso is on the song, Hotso is now the youngest charting South African artist on the charts because he was eight months when, when the song charted, he was eight months old or whatever. But it's really this, uh, the way that he, even the, the Hotso, Hotso, not Hotso, Hotso, get up, dog. Like it's, you can feel like the, the giddiness that he feels about talking about his son, um, and just the relationship he has there. And that's really, it's really what I enjoy about him he's really going into a phase where he's just having fun making music and you can feel that he's having fun making music and not necessarily trying to um stick to one thing and yeah i don't really have much to say about sweet and short and that it actually is a sweet album at least i enjoyed it it, it has songs which hotzo is definitely a song that i'm going to be um holding on to and i can see a lot of a lot of these songs getting a, a treatment and he and him kind of pulling this for an error and then finally in terms of our current albums we have malachi who this weekend released wicked romance volume 2 now Malachi is an artist that I got introduced to about three years ago when him, Elize, LOM, and Cash CPT and the likes of them were blowing up on SoundCloud. Malachi is an art artist who has crafted this bad boy persona. His visuals give off raunch and luxury and his sound is a bit of the same. It leans in on that toxic R&B and rapping flavor that has been quite contemporary. Listening to him you get trap, reggaeton, and R&B with the 2000 influence and the pace that is always danceable. And for me, Wicked Romance 
volume two feels like a general progression of that sound and the most realized he's ever felt for me. Elize and LOM provide flirtatious banger after banger engineered for wine wasting, wind your waist, and sensual dancing whilst Malachi floats in and gives us mantra on the NSA life, braggadocious callouts, and flat out toxicity from, um, from this self-proclaimed savage. So amongst my favorites, you have Turn You Up and Don't Judge Me, with the production feeling very early 2000s Brian Michael Cox Usher. Like, Malachi has been one of the artists which for me kind of feels like he's taking a lot from, not a lot, but you can feel like he's a student of Usher. Not just him, but him and Elize in terms of production, because Elize seems to kind of take from that era a lot, and I really, really like that. Malachi killed that swag before on his debut record with the song called Let You Know, and he comes at it again here, and he's feeling looser and more confident, and yeah, so those two songs, you can feel that influence with, with Turn You Up, Don't Judge Me, and overdrive being my immediate favorites i really like that song in fact the entire album i was having a whole a whole party with this multiple of these tracks are going to be on my high rotation malachi is back malachi is swinging and man is just aiming for hits after hits after hits after hits and i'm here for it and yeah that would be the roundup of the current albums and current singles and everything on the radar and now we're going to move on to that's the fave What happens when one of the most prominent hip-hop producers in the game collaborates with one of its finest rising storytellers? A number one, a monument of new possibilities. On Friday the 9th of July, Mash Beats and Tato Soul dropped their tape, If You Know You Know, and it feels like a declaration. An earned collaboration between a honed wordsmith and a sonic maverick. This is a heavy assertion on Tata Soul's end. And here's a bit of a taste of it. Right now I bear the load of the homies right on my shoulders. Right now I follow the shot at my shoulder and his shoulders. Right now I need that busted up cube and down my chokers. Right now I need this little weapon to stay right on my person. Right now I need to go reap all the fruits of all my purpose. Right now I need to let it out through whole verses and curses. Right now I need to go write it out and practice my cursive. Yeah. My mind said I was in zone. I said I'm coming to you right now. My mind said feeling real slow, I feel losing on my sight now. My mind said I was in zone, I said I'm coming to you right now. And I'll be over there right now. Look. I'm not gonna try and act like I have the range to give you guys an in-depth breakdown of this because I don't. I don't. That's why I put it here. This is the favors where I talk about what I like. I don't have to kind of give you guys full breakdowns of it. But this is a this is a pictorial. This is a moment. It's a monument in in Tato Soul's journey as an artist. You can even hear it in the way that he's been writing on songs like Flowers. He's moving away from not moving away, but we've gone from the hunger journey to him proclaiming his space and believing and saying even if people don't give me flowers i'm gonna take my flowers i am a g i am i am within the start tato solo has always been a very engaging storyteller even when i don't understand what he's saying it's provocative man it gets the people going this is actually why i say i don't think i have the range to give an accurate breakdown of this album because it is strong within a language i do not know so there are definitely layers which i know for a fact that i'm missing which is why i wanted to put that disclaimer in there however 
but I do want to say that there's a channel by the name of Aries Online that has gone into the trouble of translating some of these lyrics. Also, when some of these lyrics get put up on, um, like, on Genius, and I have a chance to be able to then, like, decode what it is that's actually being said. But now back to the actual um, reason why I'm calling this a monument. The Pretoria Cats have been working. There's a class of hip-hop and R&B musicians, because we already spoke, we already know about the Anders, but there's been a class of hip-hop and R&B musicians who just for the last 18 months have been on the go, 18, 19, 20 months on the go and just giving us really solid music to get into, building up a momentum and everything. I actually have an article which I wrote about it last year. And between last year and now, you can even see the difference in terms of artists who've now gotten top 10, top 10 places on an apple we now have number one's radio placements so there is there there's been this consistent um, momentum building and Tato Sol has been at the center of it in terms of not just the sound but in terms of representing the culture and him being such an authentic storyteller I've never been to that side of Pretoria but Tao Street is now indulged in my mind there's, he's he built iconography of his living situation the culture that he surrounds and everything that he moves in a way that really that really is engaging and what if you know you know represents especially for this class of, of acts feels like upward mobility in terms of access to collaborations of people who are more developed within the industry and and it's going to bring about a lot of different types of innovations both within their sound and with other sound for example with this album um, this still feels very much uh, like its signature Tato Sol Tato Sol feels as loose as, he, as he's ever felt but there's an added level of richness specifically within the sampling of this music that's not been there in previous um, Tata Soul records, which is not to say it's better, but it it's broadening the sound and it's also broadening the reach and access of audiences who are now listening to Tata Soul as well as who may be... Yeah, it's, it, the, the cross-cultural element of it between Mash Beats and Tata Soul and how that can reverberate hopefully for other artists. But even just as this thing, this, this if you know, you know, is just... It bangs! It is a fire record from top to bottom. You can find something that you can gravitate towards. I, as a, I, as a personal listener, I love bang a tattoo soul that is a tattoo soul that i gravitate towards to the most gotta eat tattoo soul um yeah mercy tattoo soul and you get all of these different ranges in this specific artist and that's why he is the fave this week he is one of my favorite rappers one of my favorite storytellers within the south african landscape and this moment is just a a really nice moment to experience and to be able to listen and to feel like this new chapter is really starting so if you are someone who hasn't listened to Tata Soul, I definitely recommend you go check him out. Check if you know, you know, members only. Um, one of the best songs on that is the Pelly Politics and Passion. There's, he has a myriad of songs that can, as long as you are a hip hop listener, that can appeal to your sensibilities. He has harmonies, his engineering team in terms of physique, physique engineers, the hell out of them, Beethoven, his entire team. You've been listening to two of the instrumentals, so that's giving you a bit of a taste of what if you know you know sounds like and now we're going to be moving on to the next that's the fave and which is going to find us focusing specifically on 
Netflix Africa's YouTube channel as they've been releasing content which I've been finding really informative, really great, and I've just generally been enjoying. The ones which I'm going to be talking about specifically or just spotlighting is the Sowetan 40-year Netflix collaboration as well as the Jiva documentary. Now this year the Sowetan, the newspaper, turned 40 years old and they did a collaboration with Netflix. Them and Netflix did this collaboration where essentially they recreated um, photos, very iconic Sowetan photos throughout the decade. So from the 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s they recreated these photos um, these these very iconic photos from brenda fassi and um yvonne chaka chaka all the way to the last decade it was our miss miss universe and shoma josie so they take they, they take these iconic photos which have been done by the sowetan and they recreate them with netflix um african netflix stars so your candice morisellas your amakamatas all these different artists and you get the story behind the photograph what was happening there some of the episodes actually have the people who originally from those photos interacting with the artists and it feels like this really nice rich piece of history that you get to get more information about so if we get to get more information about boom shaka get to get more information it's a really nice it felt like a very wholesome um event one that both marketed who netflix's african stars are as well as giving us history Sowetan history i really really enjoyed that as well as the fact that netflix really gives us additional content of their content um for example jiva came out and we're going to be getting into jiva a little bit later on in the same podcast jiva the jive there was a jiva documentary which is about 45 minutes long which came out i think the day after jiva and it was detailing the choreography and the pre-planning from the moment these girls found out that they were cast all the way to when um they were about to shoot so we got to see the choreography planning with uh, we got to see um, them training how they felt when they found out they were going to be part of the show what what dance means to them and what the dance culture is how many different types of dance so there's Africa on Netflix channel gives a lot of supplementary information and content to really get you to dive into and really appreciate all the work that actually is going into a lot of these shows that they're giving us and the investment that they're making into making sure that the the content which they make lives on different platforms and we're able to access not only them but their stars in multiple types of ways so the Sowetan 40 for me was a really really fantastic one and the Java documentary I would love to see more documentaries or even just EPK content that that comes out from South African content because I, I do believe that is the place where we lack um, and I know part of the reasons for it but to kind of see Netflix giving us that type of content for a whole 45 minute documentary um, if you did enjoy Jiva I do suggest you go and check out that documentary if you didn't but you still want to get more about what happened within Jiva from it's only specifically focuses on the choreographers and the main lead cast of women they they are the main characters we get to see how they feel about each other their characters what informed the dancing styles all that type of stuff i really thoroughly enjoyed it that is why africa on netflix is the favorite it's really not that complicated it's just it's great content it's great content that um deepens the the entertainment experience and that's something which i'm always about and now since we've been talking about jiva our next that's the fave actually is 
Jiva. Now, if you listened to our first episode, you know that I wasn't too excited about Jiva based upon what the teaser and the the teaser and the trailer gave us because the premise of the show is very simple in terms of you've got this group of five golds or these group of golds who've banded together to enter this dance competition which if they win they will um it will change their lives because it's got this million rand grand prize so it is very very much within the dance genre a very common staple it's a very simple story and i was trying to figure out my my main hindrance with it was how that stretches into a series and in terms of the criticisms I have, part of that is there. But when I watched the show, I watched it in I watched it in one sitting, and it is one of the most energetic. It's actually the most energetic Netflix show, um, African Netflix show that I've watched. The music, the scoring of it was fantastic. I really liked the fact that even within the locations, you could feel the tourism aspect in terms of we were now at Ushaka Marine World. So like even the the, the use of set pieces was quite interesting. The cast felt lived in it felt like these these characters that these actors had a bit of time to actually get into character candace morisella is a scene stealer the, the there's a lot of infectious energy about it like you i felt good watching it and moving back to the soundtracking the soundtracking of this was part was one of my favorites actually in terms of even just the way they put they made fetch your life part of the story so that i, I really enjoy when music and film come together in in a way that elevates both and i do believe specifically fetch your life in the way that they exploded to its nth degree was something which needs to be commended about uh jiva and the range of music that they put on display um for us to consume and for us to get into my playlist has actually just grown a little bit more because of the show so there's a lot of positive energy in it there's a lot of overwhelming spirit and just wanting to create something that i feel comes into the curation of this which um lifts a lot of the unevenness because the dance genre as a as a as a as a general genre is known to be uneven it ranges on melodramatic there are a lot of major tonal shifts which can feel quite jarring but that's just of the genre and all of those things are there as criticisms in Jiva, but that's also for me a dance, a general dance, dance show genre. So now, what I found nice about uh, about Jiva is that I do think some of the acting here is better than some of the acting I'm used to seeing in dance films. There's that the romance scenes I really believe were expertly written. Uh, I really enjoyed the romance scenes or scenes. If when I say romance, I'm not just talking about people being in love, but scenes with romantic pairings so whether that's Candice Modicella and Kajiso Modupe um, their pairing or the lead and her love interest um, Zamani Mbata who I really believe was heavily underutilized within the scene his scenes where they got to interact with some of the I believe in terms of just pure dialogue that um, there's a specific scene between them in episode 4 where I could feel the writer and their intention <laughs> and how they feel that they felt like they nailed that scene so so there, there are elements which I really really enjoyed as a whole I really enjoyed it I believe the sum are better than its parts however the pacing of the story was a major issue for me um, and the pacing there's this pacing which I feel I can blame specifically on the show but there's also just a general pacing 
issue that I'm finding with Netflix shows. But let me start off specifically with the pacing of Jiva. Jiva has a lot of uneven elements, specifically with its minor storyline. So we're not talking about, you know, the main, we're going to this big competition. It's the five girls. And the pacing of these stories kind of feel a lot of the time at detriment to the characters that they're servicing. One of the places where I would where that felt very apparent for me is that there's a storyline with um knock music so knock music is the main judge of the dance competition he's this very big celebrity and he gets someone who is not his wife pregnant and that woman now holds um is trying to blackmail him to pay her to keep quiet and not go to the press right he had this deal with his wife where essentially she doesn't care what he does as long as he doesn't get a girl pregnant. But here he's gotten this girl pregnant. Um, his wife is very much a... Um, she's very much... She's painted as this very strong and I'm going to get things done type of lady. And she's very assertive about this. I'm getting this done now. That's how she literally leaves a scene. And then we don't see that character for an entire episode. Uh, but she leaves that she leaves that scene with, with that type of urgency. But this is what her directive is. But then an episode and a half or maybe two episodes later, um, Nuck is now at a competition. So these girls have been practicing for days on end. And he gets, whilst he's at the competition, he gets another call or message from this girl blackmailing him. Essentially also showing that this wife who said this is what she was going to do has done nothing. And then we see the wife later on in that episode doing that as if it's now continued that storyline like the urgency of what's happening with the characters versus the urgency in the storyline in terms of how it's paced makes it feel like those characters aren't actually moving when they're a part of the story so that would be one of the main criticisms i have and it does feed into other the minor storylines including the celeste storyline for me as well as as a money storyline the other criticism i have and this is a criticism now i think of all netflix original dramas that aren't special so we can't uh this is not counting how to ruin christmas i haven't watched i haven't fully finished um dead places so i'm not sure if if this falls victim to that but we do not have a full season worth of content all of the netflix originals that i've watched thus far blood and water queen sona and now jiva where the story ends in terms of the season is not the end of that season's storyline. It actually feels like it's the midpoint, if not the midpoint, but just before we've now rising to the climax. Because Jiva is a show, uh, the premise which we've spoken about is this is these girls have now banded together to go compete in this competition that that is going to uh, win their um, that could possibly change their lives. But the season ends before they actually get to the finals of that competition. And they're going to the finals of the competition, but we don't see them there. So that entire storyline, we don't have it concluded. Those character arcs are left out in the open. The same thing happened with Blood and Water in terms of where the story ended was not was when... Um, if you've not watched Blood and Water, this is <laughs> I can't help you. But where it ends is when the when one of the characters now finally learns the truth about what's happening to her, but we don't get to see the reaction and the fallout from that in terms of what happens to the parents. Queen Sono, the same thing. It's, it was an action film in which now when one of the characters' main family members dies and now we're heading towards the big battle, we don't get to see the big battle. And 
this originally i was okay with this i shouldn't say i was okay it originally bugged me but i let it go because most all of the seasons were then renewed and i took it as this is an extended pilot i.e they're testing things out but now the fact that queen sona has been cancelled and was cancelled at the end of last year there's an entire storyline which would have been in the season one that we're never going to get to see and it feels very frustrating to kind of watch six episodes um yes driver was five episodes but the last episode was doubled the length of all the all the other episodes so technically it felt like it was six episodes all of these shows give us storylines that they don't finish so now it just feels there's a part of me that feels empty having finished to watch them and it's of no fault of what's happening within the show but just where the show has stopped so that would be a criticism that i have generally of netflix shows and i hope that it's one that ends soon i do know that we're getting blood and water blood and water season two so we're going to get to finish the season one storyline but i really would like a whole season storyline within a season instead of feeling it like it's an extended pilot so that criticism again is now more so not just jiva but just netflix originals so with all that said i still really really enjoyed it uh, despite all of its flaws and in spite of all of its flaws i do think that it is an enjoyable show i do think for non-south african audience it gives them it gives them access to cultures that they've been seeing but now they get to kind of dig deeper into it and that's how usually i see more of the netflix shows as um, exports to the world as opposed to south african content being made specifically for south africa yes we are a market but they're talking more so towards showing what south african content is than it competing on a global stage and with that in mind i do think that it is, i enjoyed it for what it was um i I do hope it gets a second season so we can finish the storyline but for for the energy for the for the energy for the music and how it tied into everything for some of the performances I really do I really did enjoy Jiva I know some of you did not we can get into conversations about that but let me know how you feel if you haven't watched Jiva it is currently still on Netflix and that is the roundup of all that yes for this specific episode thank you so much for listening and if you stayed this entire 40 minutes i highly appreciate your time and your spirit our seventh episode is definitely coming out on thursday again it's a conversation about ubiquity within the south african media space and among celebrity culture so if that's something that interests you definitely do check it out if you have music that you want me to listen to you can send that music um, for previewing or for anything to all that yes podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on my social which is yes the student there's also an instagram page for um all that yes which is all that yes which is a l all that yes but without the a so all that yzz um you can reach out to me on all of those platforms for if you want to just chat with me if you want to submit stuff for me to kind of look into whether that be music web series film television this is a space where we're really trying to explore um, and deepen the the african entertainment experience it's something which i'm really really passionate about so thank you for giving me your time and that has been the sixth episode of all that yes